Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast. With me, Russell Guyver, and we are welcoming back after a few weeks away from the pod, uh, the gent, Mr. Raymond Wright. Hello, Raymond. How are you today? Uh, well, all the brighter for seeing a, a nice bright day and, and blue skies with wispy cloud. Uh, <laughs> been out for a walk yet, but it looks as if it might be quite sharp. Uh, but uh, at least it's bright, so uh, yeah, that, that's always heartening. Definitely sounds like you're going for a walk today. I mean, it is, quite, it is a nice day today. Nice wintry sun as we record this on Thursday lunchtime or late lunchtime. Um, so I've got you on for this, just this one-off podcast, um, just the two of us, to, um, to catch up with you, see how you've been, and what, what you think about um, the Albion season so far, uh, what you think we need to do uh, going forwards, including in the transfer window. That's the general thrust of the podcast. So... Um, First of all, uh, views on the season so far. How, what have you made of it? I think um, mixed. Um, I sort of feel that, uh, generally speaking, we're playing better football, um, yeah. but making costly mistakes in both penalty areas, I think that would be the, the brief summary. Um, I think the defence... Although individually, I think players are doing quite well. I think as a cohesive unit, it's not doing so well. Um, Witness the goals against column. And if we were just tighten up there, particularly from set pieces, um, then we could be considerably higher up the table. Um, The, I mean, interesting stats that that you quoted the other day, which I think was that when we, score more than two goals, we tend to let in more than two goals. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, disappointing. I mean, it, I, I think between the boxes, we're one of the best teams in, in the division. Hmm. Um, if we'd scored one or two goals earlier in games, that might have changed the whole complexion of them and the goals we subsequently conceded uh, might not have happened because we would have had a different sort of mindset uh, one thinks about various opportunities um, in, in games relatively recently. Um, yeah. 
and this total inconsistency in terms of performance, I think even within a within a game where we get one good half and one not such good half. I mean, again, witness the last two games. I mean, Arsenal, you know, reasonable, not great, but reasonable first half. Uh, we were under the cost second half. Uh, Wolves the reverse, where we, after the first 15, 20 minutes, had a, a poor spell, conceded three goals, having got the lead. But second half was a complete turnaround. So I think those two games, in a, in a lot of ways, sum up the season. So I mm. think a lack of consistency, which one wonders what you know, what has caused that lack of consistency. Yeah, and yeah, it, it has been a strange combination, hasn't it? I mean, we're not the lowest scorers, so yeah, for all the all the words mentioned about not not getting enough goals, uh, we're not too badly placed can, compared with others. I mean, if you look at the bottom of the table. Obviously, Sheffield United's a whole different ball game. They've only scored eight goals. West Brom have got 11, Fulham 13, and they're seen as more of a team that tries to go out and attack. Um, we've got 21, above us Burnley 9. Newcastle have only had 18 goals, three less than we have. And Palace, um, only one more than us. Wolves, interestingly, 18 goals this season. Um, so, you know, this, even going further up the table, you've got Arsenal on 20, um, which is around the same level as us. And, albeit from a game or two games less, Man City have, have only got 24. So, you know, it's not that big a deal in its own right, except for the fact, of course, um, we're conceding at the other end. So it's that conundrum, isn't it, of trying to get the balance right between those two things. And um, I do think we should have scored more goals. That, that is true. I think we've missed some guilt-edged chances, which have ultimately cost us one stat that really does matter, um, points from games. Um, but... Overall, yeah, it's part of a problem. Um, I do think defence has been another part of it. And hopefully going forward, those things are going to get resolved. Um, so looking at, um, we've got the transfer window open, of course, at the moment. We're speaking on Thursday, the 7th of Jan, um, a few days into it. And the only meaningful business so far is that Jason Malumbi has gone out on loan to Preston this week, um, which is probably a sensible move given the current situation. Um, you could question whether maybe he should have gone out all things considered, in the summer window before it. But um, anyway, he's gone out on loan, which I think is the best move for him now. We're obviously getting Moda coming back in. We're hopefully getting Percy Tao in in this window as well um, through his work permit um, hold-ups. Hopefully that's finally coming to an end. Um, so notwithstanding those bits of business, what more are you hoping we can do in this window? What Where do we need to strengthen? Uh, oh, will we? <laughs> If I can start with actually the Malumbi situation, I think yeah. um, him not going out uh, early on was it made sense. A there was the Caribou Cup game which he he featured in and and I, th I felt did quite well. Um, and he was playing some international football around then and got man of the match uh, I think for the, the Republic against uh, Wales. Um, so he was getting matched at match time. Proper was struggling and may still be struggling with his Achilles problem, and mm -hmm. Moda had been loaned back to uh, his to let Poznan in Poland, so we couldn't really, I think, afford to let Malumbi go at that point. And, and bear in mind, we'd also sold um, Stevens to to Burnley, so mm -hmm. you know, there was a a sort of 
arguably shortage of central midfielders. And if we hadn't had Malumbi, although he didn't feature, we might have needed him if somebody else had got injured. So I, I think that made sense. And I think he wanted to, reading in the August about it, he, he wanted to have a go at getting in the first team. Personally, I, I was disappointed that he didn't get more than that sort of couple of minutes in that one game. I would have liked to have seen him given a good 20-25 minute run a couple of times to see how he would have shaped up. Um, but perhaps there are other considerations. So um, obviously Moda is now in. Proffer looks like getting back more to fitness and his uh, cameo appearance in, in the second half against uh, Arsenal, he did seem to bring a bit of control to the midfield when he, when he came on. Um, so I think we've missed him. But uh, but anyway, hopefully we you know, the midfield, one assumes the, the club is happy with it. Um, so that should be all right. In terms of ask, answering your second question, um, I think there are a couple of areas. Um, I mean, perhaps we can debate them a bit more, but I really do think we need a, a left back. Bernardo, for some reason, seems to be being underutilised, although, again, he, he played quite well in, in the game or appeared to play quite well by all accounts and uh, all the, the reports um, against Arsenal, yeah. um, but didn't feature again um, in the next match. Uh, and he does have more pace than Byrne. Byrne can be, does get exposed by, by pace. We saw Saka exposing him oh. in the Arsenal game. And we saw um, uh, Torori um, exposing him quite dramatically in the Wolves game. Hmm. So yeah. from, from that viewpoint, it's, uh, it was doing it. I don't think that Byrne was getting quite enough, enough cover from the players in front of him, which I guess is, I assume was March. But what wasn't necessarily March all the time. So I think a good left back might help it with the defence. Yeah. Um, I don't think Byrne is playing quite at the same level that he was last year. Uh, mm. And that may yeah. not be fault. That may be the fact that the defensive alignment and um, structure of the sort of uh, playing formation is being changed and changed and changed with different players taking different roles at different times. Um, if Byrne is playing at left back, he might be having Webster inside him if it's a back four, uh, or he might not. And there's been a lot of, I think, change of the, the personnel positionally, rather than keeping that consistent approach that I think Hewton did. Hewton you know, knew, knew what he wanted to do and who he wanted to play. And, and take Duncan Duffy, they built up a really good partnership. Mm. And one doesn't see in defence those sort of partnerships at the moment. Yeah. Burn is being exposed by that, I think. Yeah, we've mentioned partnerships, haven't we, in private chats off air in the past, when either during match days or at other times, about that thing that Hewton had made a big deal about when things were starting to go well for us, um, about how the partnerships, particularly in the pre-seasons, in those promotion campaign years, um, 
had come to fruition and then they obviously they manifested themselves in matches during those seasons and um, at times we've had that since but yeah perhaps the lack of partnerships due to a, the chopping and changing has not helped I think that's probably true and certainly in terms of set piece defending I know we've had problems even when Duffy and Dunk were the with a staple partnership at the uh, in centre back, but we did manage to get over those, didn't we? Over time, um, we've then subsequently had another horrendous period of having problems defending them, and we've slightly improved it, um, but not much in, in recent weeks. And that's another that's another conundrum, isn't it? And um, what do we do with that? Yeah, I mean, it does seem we we're comfortable playing three at the back with two wing backs, but only dependent on the personnel, which is the problem. I think you said yourself that if we haven't got Lamptey and March as the first-choice options at wing-back, that then affects the the whole combination of what else is, is set up in terms of the centre-back positions as well as those wing-back positions themselves. Um, it is a bit of a conundrum. Um, one person I haven't mentioned so far um, is, of course, we've got Mikhail Kabovnik, uh, the young Polish lad who's 19 years old. He's on loan for the season to uh, back to leisure, Warsaw. Um, obviously, looking forward to next season, he comes into the equation um, on the basis that he's coming in and assuming that we, for, for a moment, if we can assume that he's going to form part of the thinking for the first team from next year, regardless of division, is there really an argument to say just bringing in an experienced left-back or left-wing-back for this half, period, half season is what's really needed there? Would that solve pretty well, much of it? I think you, you can't say what plan or what you're going to do based on what might happen in four seasons time to exaggerate the point mm -hmm. um yeah. but also with carbonic i've noticed that although he's injured has i think some sort of stress fracture uh, of the leg uh, so yeah. he's yeah i guess he'll be back and fit after their winter break um but his last few games he was playing um in midfield and certainly on transfer market there was putting him down as an attacking midfielder. So you know, that raises a whole new question. It's, although uh, he was playing mainly at left-back and played left-back for Poland at the time that we bought him, is he actually going to be a left-back? Hmm. Um, so I think you have to plan for the here and now, at the end of the day, that we want to retain our, our PL status. Yeah. And... Uh, the whole planning and thinking would be different if we were in the championship. So uh, I, I think, yes, we, if we can get hold of a, a right type of left-back, ideally somebody who could not only play left-back, but if necessary, could play on the right um, in, in, on occasion, that would help. So if we had a third option, there was Lamptey March and a, a another who we brought in, it would give us more flexibility in terms of suspensions, injuries, as we've seen with Lamptey. Um, and also, tactically, that you know, Mark could play further forward and he could still have the other two fullbacks, i.e. Lamptey and A and other. So yeah. I think getting something like that in would be, it would be good if we can identify the right player at the right price. Yeah. The other, the other element for defence, before we move on to talking about the attack, because um, we've mentioned midfield being generally in good state, um, the other thing in defence is, of course, goalkeepers. Now, we don't quite know what's happening with Matt Ryan yet. Um, it's not looking good, though. It sounds like he might be off 
Um, we wait to find out. In the meantime, Sanchez is retaining the number one jersey. Hopefully he will carry on progressing and we can do well enough with him to have a successful season together. But um, firstly, um, if anything were to happen to him in terms of injuries, suspensions or severe lack of form, um, with what we've got left, if Ryan goes, um, we've got Steele and we've got uh, Walton, who himself has had an injury earlier this season. Um, that probably seems pretty flimsy, doesn't it, in terms of backups? Um, we have to assume Sanchez might hit some bad form at some point. He's a young player still learning. Um, we need probably a bit of backup there, don't we, if Ryan goes? Well, I think if Ryan goes, that uh, I think there's also a question what, what will happen with Walton. And uh, I mean, Walton isn't going to necessarily want to hang around being the third choice. He'll want some game time. And I think it was unfortunate he got injured when he did because he was the, the most obvious heir apparent. And the fact that he came off the bench in the Chelsea friendly just before he injured himself in that game, and then Sanchez came on, uh, demonstrated that what the club's thinking was at that point of, in time uh, in terms of how they were ranked. Um, but so I think it was an unfortunate blow for Walton. Hmm. Uh, I think it's a question of how the club view Walton, but they're not even using him as the backup. He seems to have dropped down the pecking order below Steele. So if Ryan were to go, that's, I think, quite a strong possibility that Walton will go out on loan again for half a season so he can restart a game properly next pre-season. Um, in which case, we'd need somebody else in. We couldn't go forward with just two keepers. Yeah, indeed. But... Um... Yeah, well, moving on to the forward line. Well, we've, we've mentioned on previous podcasts and, and in discussions we've had ourselves between the two of us um, that, that there's obviously a number of things going on here. Um, we've got um, news that Murray, uh, who's been on loan unsuccessfully, I would think safe to say, at Watford for the first half of the season, uh, according to reports in the Argus, um, is going out on loan probably to QPR, so back into the Championship for the rest of the season, which is also the rest of his contract, as it currently stands. Um, so I think that's probably a sensible move because it doesn't seem like he's going to get any time with us. Um, so, so that's one bit of news. On the basis that that happens, we've got Andoni potentially coming back into the fold and into, into fitness gradually later in the season. Apparently, he's ahead of schedule and, um, and starting to train now properly. So that's, that's one possible positive. Um, the other news, actually, Raymond, since we started recording, a bit of breaking news to give you from the press conference, um, as we record this, that's, what is it now, 1.48 on Thursday. Um, this bit, the press conference has announced that um, uh, Tao has, um, has joined back up. Um, the Albion have received a governing body endorsement for Tao. Head coach Graham Potter, Potter has just said, we're pleased to be able to welcome Percy to the club and begin working with him. I know he's a player whose progress many of our fans have followed in recent seasons. We too have closely monitored his performance in Belgium in the last three years. He's been playing at a really good level, particularly with Bruges and Anderlecht, where he has been involved in the Champions League. And his next step is to show he is ready to make the transition into the Premier League. He brings some different attributes and qualities to the group, and he wants to take the next step in his career. We're looking forward to working with him. Um, so he's confirmed as coming in. So at least that's one more option. Um, I think what, what I mean, that's, that? that's obviously a positive because my understanding is that and what I, unless I've seen of Tyre, 
uh, fought through the Champions League uh, mainly, um, is that he has a bit of pace. And one of the things that we have lacked up front is pace. I'm not sure how he compares to other players that we've got. But with this Quedo, you know, just having no idea, A, when he'd be fully matched fit for the Premier League, but B, to what extent he's retained some of his pace, having somebody who can play out wide uh, with pace, a sort of wide attacker rather than winger, if I can uh, put it that way, I think is good. So if we hadn't got Persitar, we would have needed somebody like that. Um, yeah. I still, that doesn't, I think, negate the fact that we possibly need another another striker. It sounds strange to say that. I'm, yeah. <laughs> the Murray situation, I think, uh, is a difficult one because I would, would have, in some ways, liked Murray to come back and, and act as a, a, a mentor or sort of and start coaching our strikers and passing mm. on know-how more to the, the more pace, the Connellys and um, uh, and and uh, and Zakiris of this world. Um, but Connolly is still very much a work in progress, so I think he's useful to have. But but and he also suffers quite a lot from injuries, which I think is a concern, mm. yeah. which leaves us mainly with more, more pay. Um, Welbeck, who Potter is done, so he needs to be managed carefully because of his history. Um, so they're not going to play Welbeck every single game, it strikes me. And so that leaves us just with the very inexperienced uh, Zakiri, who's only had the one real proper run in his normal position, which was the second half against Wolves. Yeah. And, and I thought you know, what he did was. You know, was positive and his little layoff uh, to um, Morpé, which ended up in us getting the penalty against Wolves, his first contribution for the club, obviously had impact. But, you know, it does look as if we're looking, lacking resource there. But no, no doubt the powers that be know better than I do. But it's, um, I think that's a pity. Um, it's, it's a difficult one. I think if, Potter can start playing Ben White in his best position rather than one of the six he's been used in. Uh, if Webster can have a consistent place uh, on, on, in, in the back three, if it is a back three, you know, but be playing in the same position on the field. So not you know, so if it's going to be left side of, uh, hmm. of the defence, then fine, rather than left one week, right the next. Um, if Lamptey can stay fit, and I think we've missed him, then, you know, perhaps the club will consider that we're okay resource-wise. I don't. I, I think we need two players. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, um, I, th I think you might be right. Um, we'll wait and see what happens over the course of the month. But one, one thing to mention um, is um, apparently Tower's already trained with Albion this morning for the first time. Um, he is apparently available in, uh, for the Newport game. Um, so, which is of course Sunday evening FA Cup. Um, he's trained and uh, is playing, so he's up to speed. It's just a case of adapting to us, says Potter, um, and he will probably be involved in some way at Newport. He thinks, and it just sort of, sort of following in what you've said about him, um, his attributes and personality are things that Potter likes. He's uh, whether he's referring specifically to pace amongst those attributes, I don't know, but um, that's certainly encouraging. And he sees him fitting in quickly, apparently. So. Um, 
So that's good news. Just while we're on the subject of the press conference, he's also said there's no more concerns than usual regarding COVID as they go ahead to the, the weekend match. Um, there's been no interest in particular from midfielder Bissouma, um, other clubs sidesteps questions. So there's, there's nothing particularly going on there. Um, and in terms of Murray, um, he Potter said he's not aware of talks with QPR. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not happening. But um, yeah, he's um, yeah. So so that's that. Um, also, he's mentioned in regards to Lamptey that he's had to quote a little setback, um, uh, end quote, in his rehab. So he will be out longer than expected. It's another classic Albion injury. This isn't it. The the smallish yeah. injuries that drag on and on. But uh, yeah, and Welbeck and Connolly are still absent as well. Uh, for this yeah. upcoming game, but yeah, I expect so. Lampard won't be back until um, the end of January at the earliest. So, which is, I think, in line with what one or two people suspected might might be the case. I think people was hoping he'd be back by now, but 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 when they were thinking from a worst case scenario, we're thinking, well, it might be another two or three weeks beyond that. And yeah. uh, I think the pessimists amongst us were thinking that and. I think the pessimist might be proved right on this occasion. Um, yeah. But it's, I'm not convinced that the club will go out and, and uh, uh, invest in, in fresh resources. But we have had some, some successful uh, buys in, in, in the January window in the past. I mean, Knockart is one. Ojoa is another. Stevens yeah. is a third. Lamptey is a fourth. You know, I mean, these are just... Yeah. Or I can think of just sort of off the top of my head. And Lamptey, uh, um, good value as well, which is the thing that's often quoted as being the problem with January's windows. So um, so you can even get bargains sometimes. <laughs> um, well, I think Kujoa and, and Knockout and, and Stevens yeah. value as well. So, um, you know, I think you know, the, the, the right business in, in January um, doesn't have to be uh, overpriced. But you know, at the end of the day, I think, I think the club, you know, the team has underperformed in terms of the points it's got. We should be closer to 20, 21 points. Hmm. I, I think twenty-one rather than the I think fourteen that we've got, hmm. and uh, you know it would make a considerable difference. You know, yeah. there, there are too many games which we've drawn which we should have won, one or two games that we've lost that we should have drawn. Yeah, and I think now I we mean, need to redress the balance by pulling off some results, don't we know? If we can somehow grab a draw at City, it's been incredibly difficult, that would be one thing. But Leeds, I see, is a, a game just getting slightly further ahead of time, um, where, yeah, anything could happen in that game, couldn't it? Leeds are so unpredictable. Um, they play an open brand of football, so there is the opportunity to get in round the back. And if we've got pace, say Zakiri, say Tao, people like that, um, or Connolly, if he's able to get back from injury by then, that would give us the sort of possibilities to get points in a game like that. But um, anyway, just to round off then, because I know we're, we're going to round this off in a moment. Um, in terms of who you'd like to see in, if we did get a, a left-back cover, if we did get um, a, a goalkeeper cover, and if we did get a, another striker, in addition to what we're looking at at the moment, have you got any particular names in mind, your end, that you would like to see, realistic ones? <laughs> Well, the, the only rumour that's been around on the goalkeeper front has been Romero you know, uh, from up north, yeah. uh, who's an experienced, experienced player and uh, you know, who might you know, 
want to ha have the opportunity of some game time. I think mm. your point about Sanchez being a young player, it's a lot to ask of a, a, a young player to come into the PL and particularly in such a exposed position as, as goalkeeper and maintain the level of form um, without hiccup. Um, mm. you know, he, he's, I know he's had time out on loan at places like Forest Green and, and Rochdale, but you know, that's not quite the same as being exposed at this level. So I think it would be if Ryan does go. I mean, perhaps Ryan won't go. Perhaps you know, Ryan will, um, you know, will decide to at least stay for the for the rest of this season. Um, but I don't think Ryan has been performing at the level his own levels that he has set in the past. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, and I don't think things like COVID and everything else have helped. I think people. Um, so. That's the only name I've heard. I, I, you know, I, I, otherwise, it's a question of going for somebody who's already established, which might not be easy. Um, you know, I can't, I'm not sure of any hidden gem on, on the goalkeeper front. Not like Martinez, for example, um, you know, who went to uh, um, Aston Villa from Arsenal. Yeah. You know, there's nobody obvious knocking around like that. Um, Mm. Or, or even uh, you know, the ex-Bournemouth player up at Sheffield. Um, I think in terms of left-back, you know, one would have... Again, I think... Uh, that, that, that one or two good players, I think, around the Championship who might be worth looking at. I mean, Rico Henry is one, but I don't think Brentford would want him to go. Mm. Is, it, is it Pedersen at Birmingham? Who's... Uh, yes, I think, that's, I think that's right. Yeah, 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 decent. Yeah, yeah, another option. Yeah, and in terms of strikers, I mean, I mentioned on the last podcast, Cordy Woodrow as, as possibly a, a little bit of a left field option, someone who's come up and, and stepped on quite a bit in the last couple of years. Um, Barnsley themselves actually have an outside chance of getting promoted. They're on a really good run with an interesting new manager um, who apparently has a small connection with Palace. A few played a handful of games for them, which is disappointing news <laughs> in his time but uh, he's, no, he seems to be a bright young manager and um, he's got them playing to the degree where they might actually get promoted through the playoffs potentially um, but if they didn't or even if they were still trying to do so would he be an option or, or do you have any other names that have caught your eye apart from the obvious Ivan Tony, which uh, again we think is unlikely well, I mean if I could go back to the point about Andoni I have no idea when he'd be fit uh, mm. One always feels an Andoni that he has a lot of the attributes that one would want. Yeah. But one, but one would, I think, say one questions his temperament at times. Just um, a bit. <laughs> uh, so, I think if he, you know, can control his temperament, uh, you know, there is a player of pace, bit of physicality, who can finish. Um, but mm. you know, he may not be. A to be considered in the mix till you know, towards the end of March, and can we afford to wait until then? You know, uh, another you know, ten, eleven weeks from now, uh, twelve weeks possibly, yeah. to to have a, a player player in. So it's it's mm -hmm. a gamble, and I think it's a gamble with, with Colony, and I think there are too many potential gambles if. Um, we don't get in another goalkeeper if Ryan left, um, and, and particularly if Walton left as well on loan. Um, I think I think there are too just many 
yeah, I would want the risk taken out of the situation. Yeah, yeah. But, but the second half against Wolves and a lot of our performance against Manchester United, although we lost it, um, you know, uh, and against Aston Villa and Newcastle, I mean, we've seen what the team is capable of. And, and the comeback against Liverpool. Um, you know, there are there are some good signs there, but yeah. but there needs consistency. And I think for the consistency, it comes to consistency of selection. <coughs> yeah, I think. I mean, Ben White as an example. I think Ben White needs to be played in one position. I mean, for a young player like that to have been played right centre back, one game when Dunk was injured at centre centre back. Uh, playing left back the other day, playing right back, right wing back, and right uh, central midfield, um, is a hell of a lot to ask of any player, let alone a young player like White. And I think he ought to just be kept in the one, you know, at most two possibly, but ideally in the one position. Yeah, and I think, that's I think a good if point. people can do it so that they get to know their their role on. A part of the field. The fact that they can feel comfortable in others is helpful, but nonetheless, so going back to what we were saying earlier about partnerships, exactly. so, that, yeah. so that people like you know that don't will know what Ben's Ben's going to do. Ben knows what he's going to do. They know what Webster's going to do. Um, you know, those sort of thoughts that when Lamptey's fit, they know what Lamptey will do, or if he isn't, what Beltman will do, and a consistency mm. at who's playing on the left side of defence. Mm. Um, but I, I, the major weakness, I, I would think, is left back. I still would come back to that that area. Mm. Yeah, certainly against, particularly against certain teams, we we do struggle, don't we? As we've seen demonstrated in the uh, the Leicester and Wolves games. Yeah, but okay. Well, fi final point then, really, before we round up, is um, just quickly uh, looking ahead to the Newport game at the weekend. They have had to um, postpone some games recently, and um, there's a, an issue with their pitch at the moment. There is a threat to the rugby match that's due to take place on Saturday early evening, I think it is. Um, and there's an article in the Argus today suggesting that might actually be good news if that game gets postponed, but the, the pitch can thaw out in time for our game the following evening um, because then it wouldn't get cut up much. It's already a pitch that's one of the one of the few nowadays which is still in sort of in bad repair um, compared with the rest that you know used to be the case that lower league pitches would tend to get cut up pretty badly by this time of year all the time it's not so much the case normally now but their pitch is, is an exception to that recent rule um so maybe it would benefit us to uh, to see no action take place on the pitch until we play on sunday but equally we hope the game does go ahead because we could do without the fixture congestion um if it does go ahead um what, what do you think do you fancy our chances and um, what sort of team do you think will play? I mean, one would like to think a Premier League team would would, would would get the better, and that's the expectation everybody will have. And and Newport will be up to it. And if you yeah, have an got a good cup record as well, haven't they? Yeah. And, and if you have an indifferent surface, then there is uh, it tends to be a bit of a leveller. So yes. uh, I think again, uh, I don't think the opposition should be taken lightly. Uh, in any way whatsoever, and I think uh, uh, you know, the fielding a second team would be a mistake. 
Uh, I, I can understand resting perhaps one or two players uh, if they've got niggles, but you know, I would be emphasising on the one or two. I mean, sort of striker-wise, what are our options? Sort of Morpé, Zekiri, Welbeck, um, Connolly's out, so yeah, yeah. there's nobody else really. Um, you know, it's will the yeah. will the sort of fringe players who perhaps shouldn't be fringe like McAllister uh, get a run? Yeah, uh, yeah. Rest Lalana and something like that. You'd like to think so, and certainly one of the goalies, of course. Uh, and it, and as we mentioned in the press conference, which has uh, just finished as we speak, and no no major news aside from what we've said. Um, but the one bit that was interesting from that press conference was obviously about Percy Tenor, and it does sound like he's going to get some kind of action on uh, the weekend, assuming the game goes ahead. Um, which would be good to see him at the earliest opportunity and to get him assimilated. Um, given he's already underway with training, so yeah, uh, uh, there'd be that. I, I, I presume that I don't know for a fact that whether Moda is actually here with us. I believe he is, but I don't know uh, for sure that he is because there was a, a, a report in the Argus that he'd his um, return from Poland, which was going to be before the end of the year, was delayed to give him more time at uh-huh. home before he came over. And that he was expected back this week, but I didn't. They didn't say that he was on his way back and was going, or or exactly when. So um, one assumes that he is back, but perhaps he will get a, a chance off the bench or something. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll be doing a separate preview podcast coming up shortly, actually, for the Newport game. So stay tuned for that, listeners. Um, in the meantime, Raymond, um, in terms of the podcast. Um, it's been great to have you back on. Thanks for joining us for it. And um, we'll wait uh, and see what happens at the weekend. Yeah, anyway, well, fingers crossed, obviously. And, uh, yeah. I hope, no, I hope there are no banana skins down uh, South Wales way. <laughs> so do I, yeah. I mean, they've got a good pedigree in the cup. Let's hope, let's hope they don't improve it further this weekend. Um, so in the meantime, it just remains for me to say, as usual, stand or fall up the Albion. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.